Folks, welcome once again to True Story. I'm Dave Holmes. True Story. I'm Mike Doty. Oh, boy. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. How was your week? It, you know, terrific. Um, I have my first vaccine tomorrow. Getting that sweet Moderna at noon. Two days ago. And how do you feel? Uh, well, actually, I got sick last night. <laughs> okay, that's like, did yeah, you physically like, get ill? Yeah, or like, did I, you like, just... I, like I, I had a fever and I was coughing and oh no, yeah, it was okay. really weird. And yeah, and then you know, it could be something else, uh, you know. But uh, I mean, it's gone now. I'm fine now. Yeah, um, that is the thing that I keep hearing is about 24 hours later, you get a little, uh, you get a little, yeah. a little sick. I got, I got no and problem with that, man. It, it seems to be, you know, gone within 24 hours for just about everybody. Yeah. Um, did you get Moderna? Did you get Pfizer? What'd you get? I got Pfizer. I'm a, I'm a, okay. I'm a Pfizer man. You're a Pfizer man, a company yeah, man. Yeah, Pfizer man. Yeah. Great. You see, it's, um, it's those two, uh, those two uh, consonants at the beginning of the word. I, I yeah. Really, really attracted to that. Yeah. In the starting squish box. Did you ever, uh, did you have the letter people growing up? Or was that a regional thing? The letter people? The letter people. That might have been a regional thing. Um, in St. Louis, we had a, a children's show on PBS called The Letter People. And it was, they lived in, I, let's say Letterland. I actually, that doesn't sound right, <laughs> but it is where they would live. And it, all of the consonants were men and all of the vowels were women. Really? And Yeah. And so, and they all had like, Mr. T had tall teeth. That was his thing. And, right. um, oh, I need to send you Mr. S's theme because Mr. S was a superhero he had super socks and he oh, has this there you go. unbelievably 70s theme song that i think you'll really love love that and, and eventually cover uh ms o obstinate <laughs> obstinate obstinate As yeah you could butcher obstreperous yep obstinate just big enough a word wow. um, and it was super janky it was like the worst puppeteering in the world um but totally fascinating be there on the lookout go. For Mr. S's theme song. Those are some um, Fairbanks, Alaska style uh, male to female ratio. I, uh, it vibes is kind right of there. odd. I guess yeah. there was probably a lot of situational homosexuality. Yeah, there might have been. Land. There might have been. Land? Who knows? Anyway, uh, how are your emotions after episode four of Real World Homecoming, Mike Doty? Well, Dave, my juju is saying more soup. Oh. I'm so glad you yeah. you caught into that line as well. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that I really loved it. That loved that's it. an all time Heather B. classic. Yeah, she. I yeah. don't know how she does it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know where she she comes up with them. But every episode, there's always some thing that that, that like that's probably gonna be the title of this episode. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. let's not front. Let's not front. All Glocks down. Um, I mean, it really was reminiscent of, you know, if if you are young in the Bronx and you're trying to go to college, you either trying to shoot that jumper or you just bugging. It was up there. It was up there. She is, uh, it, it is no mistake that she is on the radio uh, all day long, all up and down yeah. the Sirius XM dial. Heather B., you are an American treasure. Yeah, indeed. And we salute you. Shout out to Heather B. We are we we stand in your great shadow as mm-hmm. as mere mere podcasters. Yeah, supplicant yeah. to the legend that is Heather B. Someday we'll get there. Um, I yeah I um I feel as though this episode was um, it was something of it was it was a breather. 
It was, uh, you yes. know, it, it was like you know, um, an easy mile after a couple sprints. Yes. Uh, you, know, you know, the just, body needed to recover. Right. That we 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 spent a fair amount of time watching Norman paint chocolate chocolate bunnies. Yes. That was one, and watching baking in in Ironwood, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like that was v- very soothing, very relaxing. It was very relaxing, although at the heart of it is Norman's personal financial crisis, which is right. relatable and right. heartbreaking and yeah. extremely sad. Um, I do. I feel. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, Norman is one of those guys who is. A free spirit, a jack of all trades, somebody who you could, you know, drop into the middle of any situation and he'll find his way out. But as we learn here, he's um, he has a bit of trouble focusing on one thing. Yes, and which I, so, I found yeah. that to be really interesting information about Norman, that everyone mm-hmm. is like, 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 you know, fighting to get him to focus on his chocolate yeah. bunnies. Yes. Yeah. So he's, you know, that is a... Um, that is a way of approaching the world that can be good <laughs> until we find ourselves in a situation like this or the the financial crisis of 2008 where things like really shut down and if you are keeping your nose above water in five different industries and four of those industries go away and one right. is left and you're not right. like good or proficient or well connected enough in it to like thrive then you're kind of screwed and that that can really happen to a free spirit, which is which is a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to to watch happen to someone who we love as we love Norman. Um, well, happily for you and me, we took the safe route and got into show business. Yes, we did. Yes, we should. Yeah. Did I um have I talked to you about my ADHD journey? No, you have not. Okay. Please do. Um, cause I, I feel like this might be a situation that also afflicts our Norman. Um, so I, all of my life have, you know, anytime as an adult, I read anything on ADHD, I was like, that clicks with me a lot, right. but I also don't want to be one of these people who's like, you know, I have the hot new condition and I've never wanted to go on any kind of medication. <laughs> so, so like, you know, if I would read an article, if I read, you know, books on it or whatever, it was like, oh, those are exactly the kinds of comments that I got from teachers. Really? That is exactly, you know, that my professional path has been, you know, has been very much in line with what ADHD people uh, talk about. I, um, I found myself luckily in a position doing live television where having ADHD was like a job skill because there are 800 things going on and you have to pay right. a little bit of attention to all of them. Right. So for a few years, I could kind of table it and be like, oh, okay, I'm just, I have the right skills for this job or whatever. So writing my book, I was like, I'm in hell. I can't fucking focus. Yeah, so sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I removed myself from the situation completely. I went to Chicago for a winter so that I would have no choice but to sit inside <laughs> and write and grow a beard. <laughs> which I did, but even then I found ways to distract myself. So sure. like two, three years ago, I um, I was like, I gotta fucking address this. So I went, I found a, a psychologist and I was like, let's do this right. Give me all of the tests. Give me the full battery of tests. I want, you know, I want electrodes. I want, you know, I want to be 
you know, clicking on a on a screen. I want I want to be filling in ovals on a standardized <laughs> test form. Give it all to me. I want I want to know for sure. So she did, and and it was and the results came in, and it was like, yeah, this is pretty textbook. You know, a pretty severe case of adult ADHD. And I was like, okay, great. I got to do something about that. And then I got distracted, and I didn't. And <laughs> and. And then also, like, when she gave me, like, my full readout and talked through my results, I was like, this makes sense. And then I went out to my car and I had a ticket because I had forgotten to pay the meter. Right. So I was like, this also is, I I could have saved a lot of time because this is proof. But whatever. So in lockdown, um, when errands and meetings and auditions and travel and everything was gone and I was just stuck here. Right. It was like, I can't ignore this anymore because I'm like trying to get something done and I don't have anywhere else to be. And I somehow managed to fill every day and be exhausted at the end of it and not have accomplished any. Like I was no, I had nothing new at the end of the day that I had at the beginning of it or didn't have at the beginning of it. So I was like, you know what? I am going on medication and I'm not, I'm, I'm doing this. So I did about six months ago and I am here to tell you it has made an absolute world of difference. Really? And you're on speed. I am essentially on load. I'm microdosing methamphetamines. <laughs> um, I am so on a low I, dose of Adderall. Yeah. So for a great number of years, I thought that ADHD was a hustle to get speed. And yes, yes, I have also thought that. And then I dated um, a woman <clears throat> with ADHD mm-hmm. who did not like taking her speed. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of couple fights that were like, please, will you take your fucking speed? Please yeah. take your speed. So yeah. I, yeah. I uh, Also, so she kept, um, this is like indicative of, of our relationship is, um, so we were both in recovery. And, uh-huh. you know, she kept the bottle of speed in the drawer with the Advil and it said like amphetamine on it. But yeah. she hid the Halloween candy she bought half price. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's that's beautiful. That's yeah, actually was, a beautiful it, it, character detail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh but I I now understand what a functioning brain feels like. Right. And I can sort of prioritize and get things done and I am here to tell you that uh low dose meth can actually be <laughs> beneficial. Uh, Perhaps to Norman I, I don't know if if Norman is hearing uh, this. I don't. Uh, I don't know what the cast's relationship with our show is, but if he right. is, I'm here to tell you it does sound like you need some help focusing. And and I have I have diagnosed him as needing a CPAP machine. Yes. So if he's a listener, it's like Norman, you got to get some meth and a CPAP. Yeah. And you are good to go. And, and you're good keep to drawing go. them chocolate bunnies. Drawing those chocolate buddies. Man. Now, here's my, here's my, what I'm, we're, uh, okay, so we're recording this on Wednesday, March 24th. That's yes. right. We get screeners. <laughs> so um, I don't think we will know until tomorrow um, whether, like, what the extent of the rest of the cast's involvement in Norman's art project is. Because there's no, re- I'm assuming this is in like December, January when they're, filming right this, right sure and i think they know that it's going to air march april right which is why the chocolate bunnies 
So right. they're they're like, do these oh. chocolate bunny paintings, and when the episode drops, we'll all put right. it on our respective so all our Instagrams and our Twitters and whatever, and auction right. them off or sell them for a thousand or whatever it is that they're trying to do. But as of now, I did just check uh, Heather B's Instagram. No videos yet, but we'll keep you posted. Right, and we'll what, do you, you know, what do you know? Do you know what Norman's at is offhand? I don't actually. I we don't. should put his at in the episode description or something. Everybody help yeah. out Norman. Everybody help out Norman. I am also recapping this show for Decider, and I have put in links to the uh, Adaptive Desk website so that people can <laughs> yes. uh, order their own uh, once the the uh, product is released from the warehouse that it is in in China. Apparently, yeah. Which I because that too. I love like. I've actually had this problem with vinyl of uh, something that I had made being stuck in another country. And boy, uh-huh. is that an adult problem to have. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just sat there saying, man, we're some grown ass fucking people looking at Norman's mm-hmm. big fat gut, looking at Andre's big fat gut, thinking mm-hmm. about my own big fat gut, thinking about mm-hmm. the problems we've had getting things shipped from other continents. Oh, boy, and the conversation they had where they were talking about what Eric's temperature was. Yes. When they when they were like, is it 101? Oh, is it, what was it last night? How are you feeling today? I'm feeling like 80%. It was such a conversation they were not going to have in 1992. It was no. so adult. No, it was very yeah. adult. It was very, yeah, people yeah. who, if they don't have children, they have friends who have children. It's, it's right. a deeper level. Right. So, um, I, you know, I, I should say much like the cast, we've stopped talking about Julie for a moment or uh, Becky. I mean, see, I forgot about Becky, oh. but we should address this oh, week God. in Becky. Um, this week in Becky, we just do like a sub podcast that people can skip like a two yes. minute long this week in Becky. This week in Becky. So last week, Nightmare. She uh, she walked out after saying that she um, drum circled her way to uh, a post-racial right. identity. Um, the wonderful Jen Cheney uh, of Vulture wrote an article about how that episode is like a case study in how not to talk about race. Right. It was a, it was a really right. beautiful article. Said a lot of what we said last week, but better. And uh, and and in the comments. Becky. <laughs> Becky pops up in the comments and basically says reality TV needs a villain. And you know what? I'm going to scooch up because I because I screenshot it and I sent it to you. Um, oh. It's didn't I? Yes, I did. Here we go. You did. Um, you did indeed. Yeah. It says, uh, yeah, you can't. Uh, reality TV is entertainment. It's drama created out of the real lives of people. It's sensationalism. And it's bled into news media and social media. Everyone is judge, jury, and executioner. Um, she says that there were all sorts of good conversations uh, that they had that didn't make the final cut, but the, the capoeira thing did. So she understands reality TV at a high level, but not well enough to know what not to say in front of a camera that's running. Well, she really... She really did say that she took an Afro-Brazilian dance class, really and did. her the how did she put it? The color of her skin. I lost away. my skin color. I lost my skin. I color. lost my skin color. This yeah. is no. 
Oh yeah. my god. And and Norman actually says I was trying to stop her from looking like a Karen on camera. Yes. So, yes. He gets it. So there's the, He gets it. He gets it. Everyone gets it. I uh, uh, you know, Andre says something which I believe has never been said on the real world, which is this is real. This is real. I don't think this anybody ever said this is real. Many this people real. have said this isn't real. Mm-hmm. Andre's the only guy who says this is real, and I'm with this Andre. This is real. David from Seattle said, this will make it realer than anything you have. <laughs> we'll oh, get there. Sadly, sadly, yeah. We, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we will get little... there. Yeah. We'll get there. So, um, yeah. So we don't. I, you know, I don't know if Becky has left a, an iTunes or an, uh, an Apple Podcasts review uh, rebutting what we said about her last week. I haven't checked, um, but she is definitely she is getting up in those comments. Uh, the the last line of her uh, comment to Jen Cheney's article on Vulture. Remember that reality TV elected a president and it was a fiasco, so I would not believe everything you see. What, A, does that mean, and B, does that have to do with anything? I I think it, it means we should not vote for Becky. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> Miles ahead of you on that one. Yeah. Ms. Uh, Glasband. That, that's, the, that's the most I can get out of it. Um, yeah. We, why aren't we talking about the important issues? Yeah, let's get back. Which, let's get back to the important issues. Which is that Norman fucked Charles Perez on the pool table while they were in Jamaica. Mike, when I to- when I tell you, I stood up out of my chair. <laughs> now, in season one, kids, you might remember, um, you know, Norman introduces himself as bisexual, goes on to date only men. Um and one of them, uh, and one who he uh, meets or, or like arranges to meet at the the march on Washington, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah, it was in Washington. Yeah, and uh, and cuddles with on camera, unprecedented for 1992, um, mm-hmm. is uh, a face who, by the time the show airs, has a talk show of his own, Charles right. Perez. Right. Um, local Charles New York Perez personality gone national. forgotten by history justly Where consigned to obscurity. I don't know. Where is I don't, he? If Charles Perez, if you want to leave a comment uh, on, on the, uh, the iTunes or yes. the Spotify for this podcast, Whatever. that's the most we want to hear from you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just let us know where you are. I will need a supplemental episode on Charles Perez, um, the, uh, the woman that uh, Heather hit, uh, the guy in Jamaica who's like, look at the marble and the way that it, like, the light. <laughs> um, and Julie is, like, you know, playing up her accent and saying, you must be real picky and not just going out with all sorts and then has to apologize <laughs> to you later. Uh, I need him back. Um, I, I want uh, back Missy, the, the, Eric's girlfriend. The lady uh, who, lo- who lost the dog. Oh, and the dog yeah. clearly was, was really unhappy to be reunited with. I want to hear about her. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, peaches from the uh, from the bridge from under the bridge. The uh, the homeless oh, woman, peaches, sparkles. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I want them all back. I want them all back. But Charles Perez is was uh, he he specifically was he specifically homophobic or did he simply deny that he was gay? I think he just didn't confirm that he was gay. Right. 
Because once again, this is the 90s. So if you want people to know, you have to say it to a magazine or something. And that's a whole thing. Right. You know, you don't right. have like a social media life that you can like, you know, have alongside your own. You can't like, you're not performing in every moment. You're either doing your show and who knows what the producers did or did not allow him to do. And then it's, you know, then you got to get the advocate to do an interview with you. And then it's right, like, then it's go. big and, dis- and, and it's involved and, you know, who has the time? So but I don't clearly, know. clearly what happened to Charles Perez is he stayed in the closet uh, so he could have a TV show. I guess that's um, true. Is there anything defensible about that? Are we being too hard on Charles Perez? Honestly, I think in 92, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiving of a Charles Perez because there was nobody. You know, this is, it was still very risky to be out. Um, like daytime TV, if you can believe it, was still thought of as sort of wholesome because kids well, might see yeah. it. I mean, this yeah. is like before Jerry Springer really took us there, you know? Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, again, to come out, it would have to be a big production. And so, I mean, I really didn't do it until I'd been at MTV for, for three or four years. Um, there were definitely opportunities where I could have said something on the air and I didn't. You know what I mean? Um, and and there were times when I did say something on the air and they were like, "Can we get another take?" And I was like, "Yeah." So, um, so I'm I am I am a little I am forgiving of him. I, I don't think he willfully. I don't think he ever did like, "Hey, hubba hubba, look at the cans on this blonde woman who I have want to have sex with her vagina." Like I don't I don't think. He went there. He just didn't confirm. And he didn't, um, he, he, like, he allowed his face to be shown. He signed the release. Right? I guess he must have. Um, he must have. I mean, unless there's, like, there's all those sorts of, sorts of news usage rules that they have yeah. where they could be okay. like, well, this is news. It's yeah. news. Yeah. Um, so but then Danny's know. military boyfriend in New Orleans, his face was blurred through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's so who right. knows? Oh, who knows? Danny from anyway. New Orleans. We'll get there. Uh, yes, we, we will get there. Um, and, you know, and through all this, we're not even talking about on the pool table. The physics of it. The, the, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand how that works out um, and what the cleanup looks like. Uh, they obviously, they, they had seven beds. They clearly they made it was a, it was a it was an artistic choice. It wasn't simply happenstance that put them on that pool table. Right, right. It must have been. I mean, I guess all the cameramen were gone and all the rest of the housemates were gone because that was in a common area. Right. Um, oh yeah, the commonest of areas. Right. So yeah. So um, one uh, thing that Norman knows um, that I don't is uh, how to get come out of felt. Um, I am uh, loving General Julie in this season of the real world homecoming. Her sort of take charge-ness. She's very take charge. And she's also, I I thought a lot about this. Um, She is, um, she's not only very take charge and, and like clearly thought the most about the, the group dynamic, how it could all come off. What uh-huh. needs to happen for the show to be successful and for everyone to be happy with it? Like she's she's got everyone's schedules 
kind of worked out and everyone's temperaments worked out. But she's also, um, she showed up in 1992 with the most to learn, right? Like she was a country bumpkin. Her dad would not abide the word but. You know, her her pastor quotes the talking heads. Oh my God, the best. She shows up with the most to learn and making the most mistakes early on. Like saying to Heather, do you sell drugs? When Heather's beeper goes off. Um, Like she's, she puts her foot in it immediately, but because she acknowledges that she has a lot to learn, she learns the most. Sure. And has grown the most out of, you could argue Eric, but anyone, right? Right. Uh, Becky, on the other hand, shows up fresh out of NYU. You can't tell her nothing. She's got a, you know, short little, you know, haircut yeah. and a cigarette in her hand. Yeah. And she's oh, just God. like, listen, I, I, I've, my father's a brilliant psychologist. You literally can't teach me anything. And so because of that, she has not moved. <laughs> oh, you know God. what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, um, but, you know, here, here we are at this week in Becky again. Um, yeah. We're just being infuriated at at uh at becky it's never it's yeah. never gonna end they br- they bring her up like at the end of the episode the cliffhanger is are we gonna get back together and talk and i was like mm-hmm. no we're yeah done. i don't care if we do we've had, i don't care if we yeah, do we've had plenty i don't care if we do um yeah i uh i think the secret to to uh to learning and to growing is to acknowledge that you need to learn and grow yes uh, that's a start Um, but Julie really is like, uh, like a take charge lady. Yeah. Um, at at one point saying, she's like, you know, we shouldn't, you know, we're all sitting around patting ourselves on the back and talking about how wonderful we are, you know, Mm -hmm. fucking Julie with the cold, hard truth, man. Yep. Well, just laying down the facts. Yep. I love it. I love, I love the, the wisdom, the hard won wisdom of the first ever reality TV star. Yeah, there you I'm go. glad I that mean, her story is a happy one. Uh, she, Eric, she, by contrast, uh, has had some sad moments, right? Which he recounts to Melissa from New Orleans. I mean, in a in a flashbook. There, there you go. That's a that's a classic character. That is a I, that is a, Melissa. Yeah, from the real world New Orleans. Uh, someone I met when I first moved out to LA because she was here too. She uh, oh. her season had been a year or two before, and she was uh, she was on a uh, an oxygen all female prank show called Women Behaving Badly, <laughs> featuring a uh, I believe a young Chelsea Handler, of course, and, uh, was. and a few other women. And she was starting to do stand up, and I bumped into her somewhere, and she's like, "Oh, I'm doing the improv tonight. You should come see me. I'm real funny." And I was like, you know, I, I, like, I like it. I like your attitude. I like your style. I did not go to the show, but uh, but yes, um, yeah. So he had a rough time. Uh, fame was not good for the um, for the the young developing soul of an Eric Nice. And he lost a quarter of a million dollars. He said and he lost his, a quarter of a his his, uh, his rep stole a quarter of a million dollars from him, yeah. which uh, doesn't help. But then no. he's, he says, what I thought was the worst thing that ever happened to me, I discovered was the best thing that ever happened to me 20 years later in the jungles of Peru. Like so many of us, Mike. Um, we have a personal uh, tragedy, a devastation, a betrayal. 
Um, and we take it right to a shaman in the jungles of Peru. I have to say, like, there's a couple times when uh, cast members are talking about how they live life to the fullest. And I was just sitting there going, I don't live my life to the fullest. No. Not like that. Nope. Nope. No. Uh, Peru, never been. Never been. I believe I, I'm the only person uh, on Tinder without a, a picture of me at Machu Picu. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have not been either. Uh, did do ayahuasca, but did it uh, in Laurel Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> did I tell you about this? No, but you, yeah. you I did. simply must. Um, I, yeah, it, it was actually, it wasn't, it was not ayahuasca. It was Wachuma, which is like the, 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 uh, they, they describe ayahuasca as like a female spirit. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, whereas Wachuma is more of a, an older brother spirit. The, the shaman who led this, uh, this uh-huh. ceremony said, it's like, it's an older brother energy. Like it'll, it'll gently whisper your answers to you. And I was like, Dave, I, I, I have, have a- I have older brothers and that is not how that works. I have a question, Dave. I have a question, Dave. Um, Yes. Do you live in Los Angeles? I sure do. You do? That's what I was thinking by, like, there being different different, uh, genders for hallucinogens. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know that we can chalk up to Laurel Canyon. That, I think, is (laughs) is part of the ancient lore of these uh, cactus uh, trip-out teas and whatever. But yeah, so I um, was at some dude's house... Uh, who had a bunch of land up in Laurel Canyon and you get there at like nine in the morning and I swear to God, I walked into this enormous house, um, like, you know, uh, mosaic tiles all up everywhere, huge, airy, and, uh, and the stereo was on. And the song that was playing as I walked into this day-long Wachuma ceremony was, What have you done today to make you feel proud? From The Biggest Loser. And, uh, so, so you drink a tea and like, and you hallucinate and you're supposed to like, you know, reflect on your, you know, um, growth opportunities. Um, I, I had had fish tacos late the night before, so maybe my, my body was not the perfect vessel for it. I just got, you know, the sky was kind of breathing and, and I was annoyed by all of the wealthy hippies who oh. were surrounding me. And then um, there was an all vegan dinner at night. And uh, if you wanted to take another dose and spend the night, you could. But I was like, this is 100% going to turn into an orgy and I'm not down with it. (laughs) And the sky stopped breathing and I went home. (laughs) Hopefully in an Uber. Um, By that time, I was I was in OK. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Just the the. As the, the the proprietors of this podcast do not condone driving no. while having taken an older brother spirit hallucinogen. No, 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 no. You yeah. must wait twelve hours. You must yes. wait twelve hours, yes, which I did. Indeed. Um, yeah, uh, it's it, it, the story is much much longer. Our our offshoot podcast, uh, <laughs> our spinoff, will eventually address it, but not here and not now. That should be that should be a part of this week in Becky. Maybe, yeah. yeah. This week in like, Becky and San Pedro. stories, yeah. Yes. So uh, Eric says, Eric. Um, at some point, uh, you know, they, they talk about how uh, they were, they, back in the day, they all left the house a lot, and for, for some reason they're in the house more often for this yes. taping than they were in other ones. And, you know, they, there's sort of like a circle 
back in the day and Kevin's like, well, my career is this. And Eric says something like, you know, like, well, you know, like, obviously this is important, but I can't let it get in the way of what I want to do with my life, which really at the time was very explicitly take your shirt off. Yes. Yeah. That's that's was his career path. I can't take my shirt off here because <laughs> I need to clear my schedule to take my shirt off elsewhere in front of different cameras. Also, um, the very saddest thing, the very saddest thing, so much sadder to me than it being uh, former cast members of a reality TV show is when he was on the balcony of his hotel mm-hmm. and he yells out, yo, 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 this is Eric from the grind. From the grind. Yeah, we, Just, I don't oh. love that. Broke my heart. Yeah. Broke my heart. That's like, um, oh, God, can I tell you something absolutely 100% true? Right when I first moved out to L.A., uh, I ran into, okay, um, (laughs) uh, here's, check out this circle uh, out in West Hollywood. Um, Anthony Clark, I believe Nick Swardson, and Carrot Top. Okay. So, um, and I was like, and I knew all of them a little. And, uh, and so we're, you know, talking and whatever. And, uh, and a woman drops her cell phone near us. I'm not kidding you when I tell you Carrot Top picks it up, hands it back to her and says, dial down the center. Because if you recall, those were his 1-800, like, call ATT. Remember when he did the commercials for, like, do oh! a collect call? Dial down the center. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my he literally, God did his his pitch line Do, to a person your, in real life doing your catchphrase from a commercial yeah. yeah that's that's worse than yelling out yo 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 this is eric from the grind it is much so, worse it is much there worse you go. i threw my drink onto the ground and i sprinted away <laughs> in disgust um i did love the team going to eric's hotel just to hang out outside the uh the balcony for a little bit of closeness that did that seemed like like you know, team bonding to me, and I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was trying to figure out what hotel it was. Yeah, same. I, I have yeah. no idea. I have no idea. Uh, one quick note, though. Uh, the Heather, the mask has to go over the nose. Has to go over the nose. We will never talk about this after it happens. No one. Oh, I know. If, if, I'm, if I'm at a party a year from now and somebody's like, remember during the pandemic, I am gone like you talking to Carrot Top. I am wow. gone. Like wow. I, I am not gonna want to have that conversation. Uh, like I, I was think reading... the the COVID art will come out in twenty five years, not now. The, the COVID art. Yeah, the the movies that reference this moment in history, that kind of thing, I think is twenty years off. Well, We're not gonna want to revisit it. What one thing about the nineteen eighteen epidemic is uh-huh. everything I've ever heard about it has been like the little-remembered 1918 Spanish flu epidemic, which uh-huh. curiously is blah, 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 and there's so much... It's because it's such a fucking drag. It's such a fucking drag. Yeah. On all levels, from the from the, 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 the horrible, tragic level to the, like, remembering to keep your mask on level. Nobody uh-huh. wants to think about this shit. I don't want to think about this shit. Um, I'm... I'm you know, I'm ready for my, my, my second little little Pfizer jab. And then mm-hmm. and then as far as I'm concerned, it's social Darwinism. And if you don't want to get your damn jab, yeah. that's on get you. Get out my life. 
Dial yeah. down the center and get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Top um, down the center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do love that, like, Michael Bay did a lockdown movie. Really? And, he did? Yeah. And it it came out, like, six months ago. The The kid from uh, Sexy Archie it was in it. And, it's, <laughs> um, and it was, like, it's set in 2023 when this is still going on. And it's, like, a Michael Bay movie. And everyone was like, uh, no. Thank you. No. <laughs> oh, Keep oh it moving. God. Oh, Keep it God. moving. Um, poor Norman is, um, he's in Michigan working at a family bakery. His family Mm -hmm. has, has, uh, closed ranks around him. Um, his stuff is in Los Angeles. Right. His landlady is selling the building and getting rid of his stuff. He can't get back there. So his friends in LA are sending him snapshots of his clothing. Yes. To determine what to throw in the dumpster and what to put in a storage area somewhere. Or to put up a uh, Poshmark, possibly. I guess. Yeah. I uh this breaks my heart. I you know, I don't know Norman well, but I, I live in Los Angeles as well. We would make room for it, Norman, had I only known. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a tragic, it's a very, very sad situation. Um, his line of the episode for me is, you'll see me laugh and cry in this episode. I just wish I could do it in more outfits. <laughs> yeah, there you Who go. Who hasn't been there? Who hasn't been I'm there? I'm living there right now. Sure. I'm living there right now, man. Um, but the level of support that the uh, the, the remaining four in the, uh, in the loft yeah. give to Norman is truly inspiring. Um, I... Watched it twice, and I don't understand the details of the chocolate bunnies or the materials that go into them. Um, but I do know I think they're a thousand dollars, and I guess they're going up to get, on get all your uh, stuff in a. Yeah, that'll work. Um, he's too proud to yeah. ask for help, but he's not too proud to you know shill some art. And who Sell would art. be? Yeah. yeah. Um, so whether they're up on Instagram tomorrow we don't know but i i'll i'll let you know via my twitter in case you want to make a bid a number of times in my life i have to say i could have used a family bakery to go work at right yeah i mean like, it's I've, it's a purpose it's a paycheck and it's a meal and yes and you 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 make a piece of bread and somebody eats it yes and they give you money for it the simple joys yeah yeah, we uh, we had no such thing in my family. Um, so the gag at the end of the episode is that Julie has been texting with Becky because again she will take charge. Julie is very much at the wheel. She's right. gonna she's gonna land this plane. And I've mixed my metaphors, but uh, but she's <laughs> texting with Becky to just make sure that that Becky's in a good place and see if she maybe wants to come back and continue the conversation and resolve the stuff oh no she doesn't please don't yeah. please we, we yeah we we're we don't want to ha- have to put that much effort into the this week and becky mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm afraid i'm afraid we're gonna get it whether we like it or not the previews for next week indicate uh, that julie and becky do indeed go on a walk whether that walk ends in the loft we don't know um but but kevin asks you know if if she wants to talk would you all talk and julie says well i'm meeting with her tomorrow uh, and the only person who isn't slightly relieved is Norman, who takes yeah. it horribly. Takes it horribly because because Becky won't text him back. Yeah. And yeah. as we have revealed in episode one, he is going through menopause. 
So yes, indeed. When does that happen for? Is that happening to you? Uh, I don't know that I'll ever know when it's happening to me because if it is like you know, uh, quick to weep, I have never not been that way. So oh really? Yeah, I'm I'm open emotionally. So if and when this stuff happens, I, I I'll be the last to know. Huh? Have you noticed? Well, I yeah, I cry Hormonal a lot changes? more. I, I, I don't know about I, I, I cry a lot more easily at stuff than I, yeah. I used to many years ago, but I'd never identified that as as manopause. What is a um, thing that you've surprised yourself by crying at? Oh, there was <laughs> there was an Amazon Prime commercial about five years me. ago okay. where it, it's just, it, and it's like a parody of a Broadway show, but he sings more to prime. There's more to prime. And he just does it over those certain Broadway chords and that certain kind of Broadway voice. And yes. it just just broke me down every time. And wow. it was so, yes, it was, I was so mad that I was crying at this. No, um, I, I'm absolutely there with you. Oh absolutely God. there with you. Oh, God. Um, yeah, let's see. What, what has it been for me? I, um, I'm, I've always been the person who, like, you know, I mean, it's a cliche, but like cries on the at the movie on the plane because, you know, because you're always a little emotionally raw on an airplane. And so like the romantic comedy is playing and I'm, I don't have my headphones in, but then they, you know, <laughs> he shows up at the end and I cry and I don't know who they are, but it doesn't matter. I still cry. Um, the um, when did I cry? Well, uh, I think I told you Ben made a, a video for my 50th yes, birthday indeed. that I cried that I cried myself into a blackout. Um, but. Uh, the song "A Little Bit of Everything" by Dawes makes me uh, fall out crying Aww. every single time I hear it. Well, that's nice. It is nice. It is nice. There's there's a a Broadway musical. Well, it was an off Broadway musical about Rachmaninoff called mm -hmm. Prelude mm -hmm. that uh, my friend Rachel Chavkin directed. So Dave Malloy wrote it, mm -hmm. and uh, it ran for, for like a week. It was not it was not a big deal. The soundtrack is up on the on the services, but it it just destroyed me like like from the from the first line of dialogue i i was just a wreck and just weeping copiously and could not leave my seat during intermission mm. and then at the end of the show had to sit there and like and like like wait out this emotional tidal wave and like rachel's mm -hmm. got you know she, you know, comes up to me afterwards. Hey, thanks for coming to the show. Great, and I'm just, it's just like, and I'm. It wasn't just like I got a little weepy. It was like destruction. It, it oh. just, just like ugly face. Couldn't stop the ugly face. Oh, I, it I was it. yeah. Oh, it was. I love it, to hear that. Yeah. I love to hear that. Um, the Broadway show "Come From Away" made me do that. Oh, really? Oh, Twice. That's, that's good. Oh. I mean, it is it is very emotionally open. Some might say corny. I loved it. It hit me exactly where I needed to be hit. Um, I the first time I really made a spectacle of myself crying in public at a show was uh, Jonathan Larson's Tick Tick Boom. Oh, really? Um, the show that he did before Rent, yeah, um, which they then revived. I saw it. It was off Broadway with Joey McIntyre. In the Jonathan oh, Larson there you role, go. There you um, go. his his eleven o'clock number why uh, about you know uh, the the life of an artist made me like I I literally at a quiet moment in the song went <gasps> like, that, like I 
did one of those. That's it was best. bad. Yeah, it's, I want to. I, I, I want. I want to circle back to the topic of ADHD. Yes, and I want to point out that when in sync debuted "Bye Bye Bye," mm-hmm. and they must have like lived in that studio for like three weeks straight when that single came out. That you know, like yeah. you know, um, oh, but yeah. you you were uh, hosting, and oh, there's no. a moment in that video. Where Justin Timberlake like drops down an elevator shaft, yes. then he looks up and kind of giggles. Yes, you stopped Justin Timberlake mid-interview <laughs> while the video was playing in the background, so everyone could enjoy that moment. And that was that. Uh, that was one of the most wonderful M uh, Television moments of all, all time, as far as can I, I tell you, Mike Doty. I have no recollection of that at all. No, it was it was great. It was None. great. But, but you like you like it was just running like like on a, on a sidebar screen picture in picture. You stopped the interview for that moment. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was well, so good worthwhile. For me. Great. Yeah. I'm sure it, maybe it's on YouTube somewhere. Um, people have like posted old MTV stuff on like their Twitch channels during lockdown. Oh wow. Yeah, some people, like at the beginning of lockdown, somebody was like, hey, I just taped all of MTV Spring Break 99 or 2000 or whatever. I'm just going to play it on my Twitch channel. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to watch that because I was there. And uh, and I was heavily involved. And I was like, yeah, th- I mean, that's definitely me. But I don't. <laughs> my brain was just not able to form memories. It was too, like, it, it was like I'd had a head injury. I was too in shock. Right. I mean, it's you must very have not. That I remember. There, there must have been no cognitive rest possible in not that really. era of MTV if you were in the in the thick of things. No, no, it was all too weird. It was all too weird. I would imagine Eric and I have a lot to talk about. Our lives are very similar, except that I have never taken my shirt off in my life. <laughs> and and no one has taken a quarter of a million dollars from you, to, to my knowledge. No, to my knowledge. No, yeah. no, no. I've honestly, uh, but if I'd ever had it, it is. I, Absolutely a possibility. I've just never had all that <laughs> all at the same time. Um, so I'm excited for episode five. I do see how we're going to get through a couple more. We've got some drama to, to unpack. And I'm ready. I just, I just hope it's not all this week in Becky. Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. And so we have decided we are going to do more seasons of this. I mean, presumably if you're, if you're available. Uh, but yeah, we're yeah. not doing them in sequence. We are not, and I ho- I just hope that if if uh, if Paramount Plus does another one of these, they don't they don't do uh, L A. They just don't. They won't. They won't. Quick quick catch up with John would be fabulous. That's all I need. Yeah, that's all I need. Um, yeah, I'm going through mentally that cast, and um, two of them would absolutely never do it, and the other five or six, I guess, because they got rid of David. And brought in uh, Joan as policewoman, and <laughs> That's uh, right. uh, but and then there was Beth, and then I I honestly don't remember anyone else. Uh, there was Tammy. Oh, Tammy, her, Tammy her, had her jaw wired shut so she would be Correct. on a liquid diet, which is so she would stay on a liquid diet. Horrific, horrific. Yes. And I believe she is currently on Basketball Wives. She has remained in reality TV pretty much this whole time. Uh, I did um, uh, when my first book came out, and I, I ended up doing a lot of like morning shows and shit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know, like, uh, good morning, Baton Rouge, like those, those kind of shows in, yeah. t- in Tampa, I was interviewed by Lindsay from Seattle, who Ooh. is fully transmogrified into one of those morning TV ladies. Yeah. You know, with just like, you know, like an inch thick of foundation and like those kind of heels, yes. uh, that kind of dress, that kind of hair, just completely uh and it was uh, like i i i felt like i couldn't bring it up but so by the way well, no i didn't know i know well my so my uh my first memoir was about like doing drugs and shitting myself and being a terrible person and like that that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> so it was always very interesting doing morning tv sure uh i i i commend the publicist uh, from that publisher for for getting me on those kind of things, but I yeah I just did not did not have the nerve to say uh, hi I know you're Lindsay and because yeah. maybe she doesn't want to hear about it maybe she doesn't want to hear about it I wonder I wonder well you know if we ever get to Seattle if we ever get the to season Seattle, not the yes. actual city yeah then maybe maybe we'll find out in the in our Apple Podcasts reviews which by the way <laughs> leave one. Leave one, listener. Helps yeah, the, you should. get the word out. Um, uh, if you're Charles see. Perez, that'd be great. But if you're not, We'd that's also great. Yeah, oh yeah. We'd love to Absolutely. hear from anyone even peripherally involved in this show. Um, yes. Also, we should plug stuff. Ghost of Room, Mike Doty, is out Go- in the world. Ghost, Ghost of Room, my new band slash album. It's up on the Spotify and the Apple Music. Uh, and it's doing it's great. They're, they're playing it on the radio. Which yes, is a, a, a thing that they still do with artists my age. I love it. It was on yeah. the Spectrum shortlist last week. Yeah, that's the kind of station. It's like it's it's um, so my genre is uh, is triple um, uh, A indicator noncom. Oh my god! That's my, the ge- that's the radio that genre I excel at. What does that mean? It 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 means you're probably going to hear Radiohead. That's basically what it means. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And triple uh, A. Uh, uh, what is the other one? There's indicator, and then there's yeah, AAA uh, monitored, okay, which is different from indicator, and that's where you're gonna hear, uh, like John Mayer, I see, or David David Gray. Hot AC is where you would hear Hot John Mayer. AC. You'll hear a bit of Gautier, perhaps. You'll hear yeah, Gautier. Gautier would be a big uh, 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 AAA monitored. You yeah. will hear a Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. You sure will. I share a yeah. manager with that guy. He's All a good right, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. It's, it's kind of like where I should be with with you know the old people hang. Yeah, listen, Groove. the old people are listening to some very good music. Yes, I'm not yes. mad at it. Thank Ghost you, of Room, out in the world. And and Dave, what do you have to plug? Well, I'll tell you, um, we are doing uh, my little sketch comedy game show, The Friday 40, online um, via a a great theater in L.A. called Dynasty Typewriter. They have really figured out how to do good, fun Zoom shows. So we've done a couple. um, And you should be a musical guest. Ghost of Room should be a musical guest. Or you should be a musical guest. I'd absolutely love to. Our next one is April 23rd, uh, 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West. It's a Friday evening. Uh, Nick Vile of the Bachelor franchise confirmed as a contestant. There, there you go. I don't know who that is, but well, I love him. Oh, he's great. He's great. He's great. <laughs> he's actually great. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so that's coming up on the uh, on the twenty third. Well, I'll be Join on us. tour. Um, no, I won't be on tour. Uh, okay, <laughs> listen. Honestly, if you want to be our musical guest, you can do it right I'd, from where you are. Absolutely, I'd love to. Love to. Okay, we'll we'll work that out. Nick we Vile. got the show business hookups happening here, right on you. True Story. Mm. Feels good. It's like watching the player. <laughs> But like, but a 2021 version, a, 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 an inexpensive 2021 version, like yeah, a, like a, a bad early Blumhouse horror version. Um, uh, Mike Doty, I will see you next week. Dave Holmes is great talking to you. And uh, so we're coming at you with two podcasts next week. Mm-hmm. True story. Mm-hmm. And this week in Becky and this week in Becky. And until then, all glocks down, all glocks down, break out. Break out. Pow.